You're really welcome. My name's Dan. I lead the church here at Jubilee. And um, we've just, we've taken out the meet and greet bit just because of time. So what I'll do at the end of the service, will will encourage us to go get a coffee, meet someone, say hi to someone new, hover around the table where caps being displayed, but make sure you connect with someone because um, we'd love to say hello. We've, we have just come off a week of prayer, or we're just, we're just coming through a week of prayer and fasting, and uh, tonight is our last night, and I would say, come, family, come church, come and pray, we're going to be in the main hall tonight, and it's going to be a real, a real plea and a real celebration of what's happened over this week, and a real looking forward to now, wow, these prayers have been prayed, let's, let's look forward with anticipation of what's going to what's going to happen. Um, it's certainly been times of refreshing for the church. Those that have been, um, we've been talking about the Friday night, it's just this extended time to be able to meet with God. And it's, it's been wonderful, uh, really, really refreshing. It's been a special season. And we're now looking at what God will do, but we're not leaving behind this thing of prayer. We'll take it with us. At Jubilee, we really believe in this uh, New Testament model of appointing, recognising and releasing elders and other leaders in the church. But this morning I just, I particularly want to home in on the role of an elder before we get into our uh, bit of scripture this morning. 1 Timothy uh, and Titus describes what kind of a character this elder uh, should have. Ephesians 4 this uh, sort of uh, displays where it sits among other gifts in the church that are given for the building up of the church. It's a very much a, a servant-type role. And uh, we mentioned before the summer that we were looking to bring through Kev, the friend, as an elder. And so what we look to do, rather than just saying, this is what we're going to do, um, we look to put it out to the church and uh, believing that uh, an elder is received gladly by the church. And then we appoint from that place. It's not something that's done to the church. It's done. It's something that the church receives and gets behind. It's a real celebration moment. And uh, it's a joy to have had some of the messages over the last couple of months, over the summer. Uh, I can say that having put this out, the, the sort of response has been one of, yes, we're with you in this. Just really quickly, one or two uh, responses uh, I, I got back. Uh, I haven't got time to go into them all, but I'm fully in agreement, someone said, that this is God's leading. And I'm sure that Kevin and Chris will be a real blessing to the team, the local church and the wider church. Bring it on, they wrote exclamation mark. Um, I was so very excited when I heard the news on Sunday. I feel both Kev and Chris have so much to offer in this role, but we will pray that the team will know for sure this is God's purpose. And these kinds of messages came in and, and we've really been sensing, yeah, this, this feels like something that has, has been suggested to us that we've put out there and it's remaining in a good place. So we're going to uh, be, be praying Kev in as an elder on the 9th of October. So I just want to share with you right now, this is a date. We didn't want to put the date in before because then it kind of feels like it's a done deal and what's the point in letting the church respond if it is? So we haven't put the date out there, but now we want to say the 9th of October. Please pop that in your diaries. It's a Sunday night. It'll be a celebration evening. If your young people um, will be able to cope with a meeting without kids' provision, then they are so welcome. I just, I love the idea of them coming and getting a glimpse of what it is to pray in an elder, and, and for them, even as young people, to have this ambition, this, this joy to look, maybe, uh, at becoming an elder one day themselves. These things are born when we're young in us, so please come as a family on the 9th of October. It's going to be a, a real celebration evening. 
Let's not protect our youth from those moments, thinking that it will wear them out. Or No, let's expose them to those moments. Um, yeah, they're exciting moments. Heavenly Father, as we've been singing and giving thanks for your, your spirit with us, Lord, the, the very spirit of God, uh, Jesus, you said that you would send to us, that you, he would never leave us or forsake us. God, as we've been singing that, Lord, we've been impressing on our hearts the, the place of that in this church, that we are a spirit-led church. Lord, I pray as we look into your word right now, Lord, I pray, would you unpack some things? Would, would some things fall into place? Lord, and I pray more than anything else, Lord, would you give us a heart, Lord, to go after you? A heart that would say, yeah, I'm hungry for the things of the Spirit. I want to know God. I want you to do a work here this morning. I want to see that, that water that's suspended drop and flood and fill our hearts. In your name, we ask. Amen. Amen. So we're weak three in a new series. If you're joining with us this morning for the first time, which I believe a number of you are, uh, then you're very welcome. We're right at the start of a new series. And the series is really, I've entitled it DNA. And the whole point of it is to be able to look at who we are, who God says we are, and who we're becoming. You see DNA, um, you look at a little one, uh, look at my son, and I mean the poor guy, I kind of know what he's going to look like in five years because I've got photos of myself at seven. And I kind of know where he's going when he's, you know, he's, he's his own guy, but you see DNA and you see the likeness and it's passed down, isn't it, in families. You see family likenesses and, and friends, God has born his spirit in us. If you are a Christian, then the Bible says that he's given you a new heart He's replaced your heart. He's given you a new heart. And, and a part of what he's doing is he's calling you now a son and a child of his. And you're now in the family. And so we're talking about this thing of DNA and who we are. And, and the whole hope is that we'll understand more of who we are and who we're becoming. For anyone that's joined us recently, you'll go, oh, that explains why they are excitable in worship, <laughs> for instance. Why there's so much noise in worship, or, or maybe why in prayer they just, they just come out with songs and prayers. Oh, because they're joyful in this way. And hopefully through this series, it'll help to give a picture of who we are and it will explain some things to you. In Ephesians 5, we're invited, and I'd also say commanded, to not get drunk on wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. That's what Paul says be filled with the Spirit. And it's, it's kind of one of those invite commands. I don't know if you would remember ever when your mum would say, yeah, we've been invited to your cousin's wedding, Dan. Um, little Johnny, he's now going to get married and, and you're invited to come. And, and you might say, oh, I'll, I'll check out what I'm doing that day. And your mum would say, well, you're coming. <laughs> it's a family wedding. Like, I was just letting you know that you're coming. You know, it's, it was kind of an invitation, but it was also a command. You know? <laughs> you know, those kinds of invitations. Well, this is one of those from God. He says, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And it's an invitation, but it's also a command to us, friends, that we would be those continually filled with the Spirit. As a teenager, I remember having... Uh, just some real deep moments with God. I, I wasn't necessarily looking for him, but I, I found God and I really met with him. And it was, it was such a tangible thing that it's, it's sort of changed some things in my life. And I certainly wanted my friends who, who didn't know him to know something about this. I felt secure and loved. I, I went from being extremely shy, if you know my story, to actually feeling like I could, well, now stand up in front of you lot. Um, and all of this was going on when I was quite young. I was knowing God really do some stuff. 
Uh, and so I wanted my friends to know about it. So I would every now and again invite them. But if I'm really honest, there was something about an invite that was holding me back. And it was this. What if I invite my friends on a Sunday and the Holy Spirit does something weird? You know, <laughs> just like what if I invite my friends and then something weird happens and you know, it just, it just makes them go, oh, you are weird. And I'm just like, I want them to know this, but I'm, I'm a bit, this is me being honest, maybe you've, maybe you've not come across this, but what if someone gets a bit overly emotional in the meeting, or, or what if there's a tongue, or maybe you don't know what a tongue is, and that's caused some questions right now, isn't it? But if I'm honest, this was the kind of internal thing going on. I, some real deep stuff was going on. I was in love with God. I'd met him. There was no doubting. I'd seen his power at work, healing. And it was just like, wow, wow. I love him. I'm just a bit nervous of the Holy Spirit, if I'm honest. And even this week, uh, I had someone uh, ask. They said, um, I'm planning to invite someone from my family, Dan. Uh, I see on the plan that it's about being filled with the Spirit, or about being a people of the Spirit. Dan, is it going to be a weird one? Shall I, shall I invite them or shall I, shall I wait for the following week, which is maybe like generosity or something like that? So I know it's the kind of thing we still think about. Friends, my, my prayer as I've been looking at this and praying for today is that we would just look at who we are, who we're becoming. We would give thanks that God is with us and that we wouldn't have the nervousness in us anymore, but we would have a confidence that we know who he is. We know what God likes to do. That together we would actually get to the place of saying genuinely, come Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you want to do. You're God and my brain can't cope with everything you might want to do, but I do trust you. And I do know you enough to know you're not about to embarrass people. You're not about shaming people. I love you and I know you. That we would say, come Holy Spirit. That's my prayer. That as a church we would be saying, in everything you have, come Holy Spirit. Come, change us, win us, reveal to us with genuine hunger. Uh, it was amazing on Friday to be led by our youth group in a prayer meeting. I mean, that's a special thing, isn't it? The world might be saying that people aren't interested in faith anymore and you come to a, to a night where the youth are just taking control and they're, they're just making everything happen. You're like, yeah, young people, people are interested in God. He's either real or not real, and we're finding him to be real, and so people are interested in God. Some of their testimonies about meeting with the Holy Spirit, I just found amazing. They, they've gone away to a camp over the summer, and they've come back, and some of them were saying, I, I was feeling alone. And so I just prayed, I asked God, like, just please help me. I'm, some of my friends are moving away, and the Holy Spirit just revealed to them that they would not be alone that he was bringing other friends and, and that, that confidence. Another person was saying, I, I, just, I, I wasn't really meeting with God, so I just took a moment while the band was playing, just say, God, please meet with me. And he filled me with love. I started to cry. This is what this young person was saying. And I really met with God. And he showed me how much he loved me. Just found it very powerful. This is, this is what the Spirit does. And, and if I'm honest, our young people, they lead the way on this so often, don't they? We can have all these hang-ups, all of these things in the back of our mind, all of these reasoning moments, and um, we, we might have a chance to sing at the end and, and respond. And, and you might find some of these voices come back, but what if, or, or maybe not. And I just say, just be like the little children who just, when God's in the house, they say, I want some of him. Please speak to me, reveal to me, because he wants us to know him. The year of the Lord's favour. This is uh, quite a precious 
scripture for us as a church and it's it's kind of impacted a lot of what we do and why we care for the poor why we're why we're willing to go yes cap money we're going to take that on we're going to go for that why we're willing to do these other things and a lot of it comes from um, Isaiah 61 it's been kind of one of those verses that we don't leave for very long we come back to and it says this the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is what Isaiah was prophesying. And then this very same scripture is the one that Jesus takes hold of right at the start of his ministry. If you don't know, he kind of gets to the beginning. He's 30 years old and he's been living quite a a behind-the-scenes humble life. But now it's time for him to step into a season of ministry, which is the time that we know all the stories from. And so he reads this exact scripture and he says, you know, which says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And he says, it's been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus goes back to this and he brings it right into the now. It suddenly becomes a now scripture. Just before he reads it out, um, Luke, and you can read all of this in Luke 4, Luke records this, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted. So Jesus was a man filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. Interestingly, we picked this up in the week of prayer. I didn't know it was going to be some scriptures we looked at because it was already on my heart. Um, but Sam pointed out that there's an interesting next verse in, well, in verse 14, where Jesus comes off the back of this time of testing. And it says of Jesus, Jesus returned to Galilee now in the power of the Spirit. There's something that's happened while Jesus has been tested and in the, in the trials, in the testing, where yes, he was full of the Spirit. Yes, he was led by the Spirit. But there's something about that testing time. He comes back full, uh, in power of the Spirit. Um, sorry, I've said that slightly wrong, haven't I? Where he comes back in the power of the Spirit. Now there's that phrase, in the power of the Spirit. Your testing and things that God might be doing in your life aren't wasted. Never are, as we heard earlier. He's working these things for our good, for his glory. It's mysterious. We don't understand it. But sometimes he's transforming things into being more power. Recently, uh, in the UK, we've been through a drought And it seemed to be the only thing that would knock COVID off the top spot in our newspapers, didn't it? This drought and the news of this drought and then the drought begins. And it was pretty serious. Some folk in this church, they work either in gardening or mowing lawns or there were different things. And it was impacted uh, businesses in our church hugely. It was was a big deal. I think some statistic, it's the worst drought since 5000 BC. No, I, I, I don't know. But it was like the worst one on record. It was a serious deal. And I remember taking off in a plane. I was going to Berlin at the time and um, flying over. And wow, it looked like a different nation. You just see brown fields and the odd green sort of um, hedge line going in between it. It genuinely looked so different, like another, like another country, like Spain or somewhere. Just imagine that you were visiting then from Spain during our drought and you're coming to the UK. Now a drought doesn't mean that we get no rain, it just means for the time of year and the season it is, we are way below what we anticipate. Now just to give you some of the stats, in the UK we get on average per year 113 days of rain. 
which is why it feels like it was raining either yesterday, or it's about to rain tomorrow, or it's raining today. Because it was, right? 133 days on average of rain. Now in Spain, they get half that. So if we get 1.3 metres of rainfall in the UK per year, then in Spain they get about 600 millimetres of rain on average per year. So you're visiting from Spain and you come to the UK and we're in a, we're in a drought. And um, you could come and you could think, it's not, it's not so bad. It's not that bad here. They've actually had a bit of rain. If they want to know a drought, they should you know, come to Spain and really experience a drought. And yet, we're way below what we need, and we're in trouble. Our reservoirs are down. We're, get, we're getting given hose pipe bans. You know, it, this is a real big deal for the UK. And what's happening, there are two different levels going on of, of expectation of what rain and what the land requires. Now, as Christians, we can meet with God. We can have an experience with God. We can have met with the Spirit when we were saved, and perhaps we remember a time when God moved, but compared to the biblical standard, the biblical invitation for what we should know, we're in a drought. We're in a drought. It's, it's like someone coming from Spain and thinking, oh, it's, it's not too bad. And yet we know, no, this is really bad. This is the worst drought for 5,000 years. And yet, as Christians, we can be in the same places. We can, we can be, oh, it's okay, it's okay, not realising that compared to a biblical invitation to know the Spirit of God, we can be in a season of a drought. And so it's so important that we come back to what God promises, what he says. Otherwise, we go, ah, oh, it's okay. It's not so, we can cope. And yet, Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, following in step with the Holy Spirit. He writes, in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus is the normal Christian life. You know, that's, that's what he was modelling for us. He wasn't modelling what God can do if he comes to earth. He was always, always dependent on the Holy Spirit. He was modelling to us what we can know in this life of the Holy Spirit. He is what we should be looking at and going, so what does a life filled with the Spirit look like? And he will give us some insight into it. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones puts it much bl- more bluntly. <laughs> he's, he's much more straight down the line. He says it like this. You got it all. He actually preached this to his church. So just imagine what that day was like. You got it all. Then why are you as you are and not more like the church in the New Testament? Whoa. You got it all, have we? We got it all. We're doing all right then why are we not seeing the very works that Jesus saw and he promised to us? Maybe because we need a fresh outpouring of the Spirit. So you see, God isn't ever about a shaming work. And that, I realise that quote does get close to going, oh, I feel bad. But God doesn't shame us. He invites us. Remember at the beginning, the invitation, the mum's invitation to go to the wedding. Kind of an invitation, but also a command at the same time. That's what God does. He invites us to know something more of the Spirit. And so you can know that here too. You might think, but what is he like? So you're saying, Dan, that I should be open to the Spirit and welcome him. And maybe actually there's more than I ever thought in this. Maybe I've got used to a new normal. And maybe there's an awful lot more of God that I can experience. But what's he like? What can I expect? Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being. 
So that's why Jesus could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why he could say that, because the Son was the exact representation of God the Father. Jesus coming to earth, you see him, you've seen the Father. Then in John 14, 15, Jesus says then, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And, the, and this word, another, is again an exact representation of the one who was, of Jesus. So we see Jesus is like the Father, the Spirit is like Jesus. If you want to know something of what the Spirit is like then, then get to know Jesus. Get to know what he was like when he walked the earth, and you'll know something of the Spirit. Get to know what, what, made, the, what made Jesus tick, and you'll know what the Holy Spirit's looking to do in any given situation. When Jesus went to meet with the poor or someone in need or someone sick and needing healing, what did he do in the situation? And you'll know something of what the Spirit of God wants to do in the situation. So being a people of the Spirit isn't about being weird. It's not conjuring up some emotional experience. It's about being more like Christ. It's about being more like him and following him and following that way of life. Archbishop Justin Welby, uh, he was interviewed. I saw this great interview. He comes across as a wonderful guy, by the way. And he was interviewed about his spiritual life. And um, the interviewer was wanting to know, so behind the scenes, do you speak in tongues? Yes, I speak in tongues. Uh, and do you, do you believe in prophecy? Yes, I believe in prophecy. And healing? Yes, yes, I believe in healing. Um, and uh, one little phrase he said, he said, but I don't really like the term a charismatic church. He said, because it, it tends to separate them from us, as if there are different levels in the Christian faith. It tends to make Christians tribalistic. And he said, but that's not really how it is. I don't really like the term charismatic Christians. He said, because all Christians are charismatic. I was like, oh, all Christians, what does he mean? And what he means is this, if, if you believe in God, then God's spirit has come to dwell in your heart. If, if you confess Jesus is Lord, then he has started a work in you and you are, you are a new being. The Spirit's at work, which means you're a charismatic Christian. The Spirit's at work. And I thought, wow, what a way to view it. So the Spirit is at work and he's growing in work. Just uh, as an illustration of this. Um, oh, look, it's kind of smudged in my pocket. That's not ideal. Um, so I've got a balloon here and... Um, is the balloon full of my breath of air? We would say that balloon, there's no corner in there, there's no space that is not full of air. It is a balloon full of air. When a Christian, when someone gives their life to God, the spirit of God comes into their life and, and they go, oh, I'm loved, I know God. I must not let go of this. Or this is gonna, that would ruin the whole illustration. Um, so uh, someone becomes alive in God and the spirit is at work straight away. But the Bible talks also about being filled with the Spirit. And, and this image of a balloon is helpful because you can, you can add more breath. And is it filled with air? Is the balloon full? You'd say, yeah, there, the balloon is. There's no cavity or corner that is not filled with air. The balloon is still full. But there is, there is a greater expression now. And I want us to get this. Being filled with the Spirit isn't about being weird. It's about knowing him. So when, when you become a Christian, you know the love of God. You get filled with the Spirit. What do you know? You know more of the love of God. 
God comes and breathes afresh and maybe you meet him again, you get filled again and, and the love of God grows in your life. It's not that there is now a corner that isn't spirit-filled or you've somehow transformed into a different tribe of Christianity. No, you're a spirit-filled Christian, but you know more of the spirit in your life. The balloon is still full. And as you know, I could keep on and on going and it could get larger and larger. This picture of, yes, the spirit's at work right from the beginning, right from when we say yes to God, the spirit's at work and we can be filled and we're commanded to go on being filled with the spirit. Okay, there's no quick way to do this. So okay, that's not part of the illustration. That, we are told in Scripture, can never happen if you're found in Christ. The point is, I want us to hunger for more of the Spirit. Not knowing, not thinking that we're asking for something different to the Christian faith we already know, but we're asking for this, this, our understanding of the love of God to expand and to grow and to increase in our lives. It's not that we're stepping from one thing to another. No, we're saying more of the same. We're saying, God, that's come to dwell in my heart, I want more of you. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So now we're, we're kind of discerning, so what is a work of the Spirit? Because sometimes there are weird and wacky stuff that goes on in churches, and sometimes our, our theology can be over-realized. And so this, this I find helpful. Paul again and again encourages to test the Spirit. To test the spirit, to test prophecy, to not be afraid to, to say, no, okay, we're just going to stop there. We're just going to test this. We're going to weigh this as a church. And this is what we look to do here. You see, the spirit of God will never say, Jesus, be cursed. That will never be what the spirit of God says. Instead, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the spirit. This is a good test for us. So what, what's going on here? Is this person getting distracted by other things or are they actually saying, no, Jesus is Lord, and that's at the forefront of what's going on? Someone once said that, um, and I really, I, this was always registered in my mind, if you have the word, so last week we looked at the word of God, scripture. If you have the word and no spirit, you'll dry up. If you have the spirit and no word, you'll blow up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up. You see, you could have the word and if you deny the things of the Spirit, you can become very intellectual. You can, you can be filled with all sorts of knowledge and understanding. But as we're told in Scripture, knowledge puffs up if we're not careful. But love builds up. So, so we could dry up. If we just have the Word and no Spirit, we dry up. But if we have the Spirit and no Word, then that's where things can get weird. Okay, That's where we can find, actually, we're just going off and we're not coming back to Scripture, which commands us to live a certain way. Someone that's saying, oh, this, this way of my life that I'm living with multiple wives, is, it's a very spiritual thing and I'm having a great time and God's called me to it. Well, we would say no because scripture says have one wife. <laughs> so that experience you're having is not in line with the word of God. You see, you see the, the spirit without the word and we can very quickly blow up. And you see churches over the years that may have done this. But if you have the word and the spirit, you'll grow up as a believer. Wow, we obviously had a great time in worship because we're so out of time. If you want to know about the gifts of the Spirit, you can read those 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter, 
fruits of the Spirit, if you're struggling with some character things, then the Spirit looks to transform your character. Maybe you find anger, just something that's just in you, and maybe you've called yourself, I'm an angry guy, I'm an angry girl. Well, actually, the fruit of the Spirit will transform and renew your heart. I want us to be those who will receive more of the Spirit. A confidence that what we're asking for is, is in line with Scripture. If you've seen the Father, then you, if you see me, you've seen the Father, Jesus would say. And then he would say, and I'm sending another just like me. We're not asking for something, anything else other than the very heart and spirit of Jesus. Mm, Father God. Yeah, perhaps we, just in this last minute, if we, um, if we stand where we are, I invite you to stand. I'm going to just read through Romans 8. We've heard some of that already. And just as I read this, I encourage you to uh, maybe be comfortable closing your eyes, opening out your hands. That's cool. Maybe you've never done that before. You think, no, that, I'm all right. I'm all right just standing. That's fine. I'd encourage you to just be starting to say, come Holy Spirit. I want to meet with you. Confirm what is being spoken about. Lord, if you're real, some of you might say this. If you've never prayed before, I remember being young and starting like this. Lord, if you're real, yeah, I want to meet you. Please, reveal yourself to me. So just just be asking and meeting with God. And hear these words. You see, word and the spirit and we will grow up. So I want to read the word of God. And I pray, Lord, as I read the word of God, would you confirm it by your spirit? Lord, I pray, would you confirm it? In Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to flesh but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the fleshly desires. You see, he's, he's contrasting two ways of living. One is a worldly way of living, one is a godly way of living. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, who, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subjected to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit 
of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, but rather the spirit you receive brought you out of your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Heavenly Father, you, you say, Lord, this, this work of the spirit causes us to become adopted, to become children of God. Lord, I pray like little children, would you speak to us? Lord, I pray for those that know you, Lord, would the balloon expand today as they say, I want to meet you. Would the love of God expand and increase, Lord, in lives right now? Lord God, I thank you, God, that you are so gracious and merciful. Lord, I pray for anyone who's right at this time, not really sure whether they believe in God. Lord, I thank you that if you, you invite us to come and, and test and to meet with you. So I say, Lord, anyone in that place, would you speak? In Jesus' name. Lord, we pray you would take us on as a church led by the Spirit. Lord, we pray we would grow in the gifts of the Spirit. We pray for the fruits of the Spirit to be, to be enjoyed and celebrated in this church. God, I pray right now for your church that you would send us out by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We... I'm, I'm conscious of the kids' work upstairs. I'm conscious of many things. I'm conscious of not rushing. Tonight, we have our last night of prayer. Tonight, we have time on our hands. No agenda. We can change things around. And I want to say, come tonight and ask to be filled with the Spirit. Come tonight and just, just see what God might do. Just see what, what the Spirit might say to you. Just see what, what he might confirm in your hearts. Come and meet with God. We'll have time in abundance tonight. So uh, I'm going to hand over to... Should I close? Were there any final? I think... Should I close? I kind of said it. Lord, we thank you for today. I pray for every person here. You would bless us. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come to church and meet with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. You've got a great opportunity. Go and get your kids, grab a coffee, come and meet with uh, some of us you've seen up the front if you've got questions. If you want prayer as well, feel free to come forward. Bless you. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you and if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer then please get in contact you can email us give us a call at the center and one of the team's going to get back to you we'd love to do this especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a christian you want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone we also run regularly on a sunday some joining the church courses and if you want to know more about jubilee community church and what it is to belong here then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.